Give Ollie a call. One double three eight eighty two. Let's talk. It's ten past four. Last week, the education ministers agreed to some changes when it comes to the NAPLAN tests. It's now going to be reported against four proficiency levels, exceeding, strong, developing and needs additional support. So what do all these changes mean for schools and for students? Glenn Fay is the Director of Education Studies at the Centre for Independent Studies. Glenn, it's great to have you back on the program. Good afternoon. Hi, Ollie. Good to be with you again. What changes are being made to the NAPLAN tests? Well, it's a year full of changes uh, for the NAPLAN test and for parents. There's already, the, in changes that were previously approved, NAPLAN will be sat earlier. That is, in about a month's time instead of in May. Those results will be ready for parents and teachers more quickly. Than, and those results will also be a little more accurate as well because across the country, the last remaining jurisdictions will be on online tests, not just pen and paper ones. So what's the uh, thinking the, about bringing it forward earlier, Glenn? And will the students not be as prepared for, for the test if they're coming earlier in the school year? The main rationale for it being earlier is ultimately so teachers and parents have that information sooner. One of the biggest frustrations for, for teachers and parents has been when the test is set in May, as it traditionally has been, by the time results are available, particularly when it's been a pen and paper marking exercise, that can be later in the year when those results are ready and it doesn't leave enough time for intervention to be made. And that, that can mean that students stay behind longer than they need to be. Uh, with, with bringing it forward, that should give greater opportunity for, for those issues to be tackled earlier. Because one of the criticisms has been teaching to the test is by bringing it forward also hopefully combat some of those concerns? I'm less worried about so-called teaching to the test when it comes to NAPLAN. NAPLAN ultimately is about testing foundational literacy and numeracy, and it's largely backed up and, and measured up against the curriculum. So if you're teaching to the test, it means you're, you're delivering foundational literacy and numeracy against the curriculum, which isn't really a bad outcome. Uh, but in any case, the, there is little, there's little evidence that there's significant teaching to the test other than uh, seeing that children are comfortable in a testing environment, mm. generally that's a good thing. It means they're less stressed when it comes to the real thing. And anecdotally, we have heard from schools in the past that potentially some students who they're worried about their results might be told to stay away. Have, have those issues been ironed out as well, Glenn? That is a real fear. In recent years, we've seen increasing numbers of students not taking part in NAPLAN. Sometimes that's parents that are anxious. Sometimes it's schools that, that, might, uh, that might go about it in that way. Uh, it is really counterproductive to not take part in NAPLAN. NAPLAN is the w early warning sign for students that might be falling behind or at risk of falling behind. So if there's parents that are on the fence, I'd really encourage you to have a conversation with the teacher, but do ensure that they do take part in NAPLAN and then look at those results forensically when they come on through and use that as a cue for where you go next. My guest is Glenn Fay, Director of Education Studies at the Centre for Independent Studies. So I invite your calls on 133882. What are your bugbears with NAPLAN? Do you like these changes to date? Because, Glenn, part of the new standards, there'll be four levels of achievement instead of those existing 10 proficiency bands. Is this a good move? Well, it's a mixed report card on that one. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing to go from numbers to names. Now, let me explain. When you've got numbers 1 to 10, they don't mean anything really. We know, uh, we know 4 is higher than 3, but they actually mean different things at different year groups. 
Uh, so replacing that with labels that are clearly described, that's useful for parents and teachers because it puts you in a band that makes a bit more sense about what to do about it. And some of those are good. At the bottom end, you've got one that's called needs additional support. And that's exactly what it says on the tin. It describes a child who needs additional support. And that's important. But let me give you some of the others there. You've got one that's described as developing mm. proficiency. That level is below the proficient level. Now, if it's developing at a below proficient level, I think we've got that the wrong way around because you're in fact not developing, else you'd be proficient. Yeah. And that describing the proficient band as strong might give an over-indication about where a child's actually at when they may just be over the line into that proficient level. Uh, so I would really encourage ministers to re revise some of those titles. I've got a proposal for them that's really straightforward. At the highest level, let's call it above proficient. At the proficient level, call it proficient. At the below proficient level, call it below. And at the one that's way below, just call it well below proficient. It's straightforward and never, there's no one's left in any doubt about where children are sitting. And there's no confusion there. I, I mean, I, I remember, Glenn, we had a chat when the Productivity Commission report came out recently. They're showing somewhere between 5 to 9% of Australian students did not meet the NAPLAN minimum standards. That's back in 21 in reading or numeracy which means that there's tens of thousands of students right across Australia every year who are not meeting the minimum standards. Does the change here in what's being reported, the data being reported, address any of that? Or as you just said, we've just got some fancy new labels for somebody's proficiency. What is encouraging is we're actually raising the bar of what we're expectations are. So instead of really measuring up against a minimum standard, nationally we're going to be working toward a proficient standard instead. And what do we mean by that? Well, the proficient standard, if we look at other assessments like the PISA test that people may have heard about before, in the PISA test at the age of 15, around four in 10 students, that's four in 10 that don't meet the national proficient standard. Now, there's not a like for like at the moment with NAPLAN, but if we look at just the minimum level, that captures, as you say, up to one in 10 students. So there's still a significant number there who don't meet a proficient level but might meet the minimum level. So as a nation, if we're going to be raising expectations and having high aspirations in education, we ought to be bringing a greater proportion of our kids up to proficient level. And when kids are well below it, having really good support available to try to bring them up. Do you think overall NAPLAN, does it tell us more about the individual child or is it more about the school, Glenn? It does both, and that's what makes that's what makes NAPLAN a really valuable asset. It provides information to the student, to the home, uh, gives information to teachers about what they can do next. Now, not every teacher is going to need it for every child. For some, it's going to just confirm what they already know, but it's still an important tool. And at a school and at a whole system level, like at a state level, it's also really important for benchmarking and monitoring over time. Uh, I have to be clear to all listeners NAPLAN is an important tool. There are many countries in the world where we don't have these sorts of assessment, assessments available mm. and that those countries are poorer for it. Glenn, appreciate your time as always. Thank you very much. Anytime. Cheers, Ollie. That's Glenn Fay, Director of Education Studies at the Centre for Independent Studies. What are your bugbears with NAPLAN? Do you like these changes? One double three eight eighty two. Susan's in Morley. Hello. Hello, how are you going? I'm all right, Susan. What do you think about NAPLAN? You hate it? I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I hate it. I hate ULNA, which is the next one that they get them all to do. It's one test. What if the kid can't sit there and do a test? 
It's one test. It's not, it doesn't, it's like, it's their whole life. It's mm. one test. Like, it should go on their whole schooling, not just one test. One test, one time. What if there's kids out there that can't sit in front of a computer or can't and do that test, but they're great at school. Mm. But And older is the same. Like, older, which is like, I think, before they have to get to year 10. If they don't pass older, they don't graduate. So, Susan, is there a lot of pressure being put on, on your children at the school they're at because of NAPLAN? No, not at all. Look, look, I'm really lucky. Like, I do have kids that, like, my two kids are, you know, proficient. They, they do really well. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not brainiacs by any means, but, you know, they're, they're getting where they need to be. But I just don't, you know, there are, there are kids out there that just, like, it's not mine, but there are kids out there that just can't sit mm. and do a test. But in school, they're meeting every expectation that they need to meet. But this NAP plan, you know, when they get to high school, they, like, they, they ask for that NAP plan result. But, you know, in, in primary school, they could have been doing absolutely fine in maths and, science, uh, maths and English. But this NAP plan, because they couldn't sit there and type a computer, like type on a computer or, you know, because they don't do it with pen and paper anymore. Like, um, they, you know, it doesn't read what those children can actually do. Thanks, Susan. So there's a bit of feedback on NAPLAN. If you've got a view, pick up the phone just like Susan. I'd love to hear from you. One double three eight eighty two. What do you think of these proposed changes? What are your bugbears with NAPLAN? Susan simply says she hates it. She can't stand it. One double three eight eighty two. Shortly, we'll hear from Andrew Forrest. It's twenty past four.